0: Come on, let's get nuts. welcome back to Batarang, the podcast where we bring you the Batman insights that others are too superstitious and cowardly to deliver. We're reviewing Batman the Animated Series. This week is the episode that asks and answers the question, what would happen if Batman got the treatment his behavior actually warranted? he go to Arkham, of course. It's season one, episode 28, Dreams in Darkness. Then we answer our first listener question and rap about the origins and implications of Arkham Asylum Here. On Batarang. Do you want to say something to the group, Mr. McMurphy?
1: Well. Yeah. I'd like to know why none of the guys
0: never told me that you, Miss Ratchet, and the doctors could keep me here till you're good and ready to turn me loose. That's what I'd like to know. Fine, Randall. That's a good start. And welcome back. I am Sam. Your host, here with our Batman expert, Brandon.
1: Just put in some, like, incoherent mumbling for me here. That'll fit the story.
0: The story was not incoherent. It was highly coherent.
1: I, I mean, diegetically. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was definitely incoherent mumbling out of the out of the mouth of Batman. Yeah, and, and several, several other characters. Several yeah. characters. Like Torchy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're so invested in Torchy, like, having a name and a personality. It, it's like a goddamn Austin Powers joke, where they build up this character over the course of several minutes, and then he's just disposed of, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, also, like the creativity in the in the name Torchy. Come on. Uh, I like it better than Nitro. Granted, it makes him sound more like your pet arsonist. Torchy does, which it look- is weird because that's what Nitro is. At least Nitro had
0: the Mister. Mr. Mis- 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 Mi- Nitro. Mr. Nitro. This is just Torchy. I, I watched the first episode of um, Peacemaker last night yeah. with his pet eagle, Eagly. <laughs> and uh, it's a similar vibe from
1: Torchy. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, I have not yet started, as of this recording, I've not yet started Peacemaker. I'm, like, finally catching up on, like, watching Doom Patrol. Um, I see, yeah, I'm still a season and a half in Doom Patrol, but I decided to take a break for some reason. Ah, wait, I, wait. It, if it's anything like reading the Doom Patrol comics, it's like, this is actually kind of like intellectually exhausting. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not bingeable. Right. Like, And again, if it's like the comics, I'm reading this and thinking, I wouldn't get half of this if I hadn't gone to art school. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? Maybe there's, Maybe there's a half of it that I'm not getting then um whatever emerson i mean emerson's writing program counts anyway yeah um so this week dreams in darkness yes right
0: we reviewed an episode of batman uh dreams in darkness it was i'll say it was by a wide margin the best scarecrow episode at least so far yeah that is damning with fan praise yes
1: uh but this was a Pretty good episode. I yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, it doesn't it didn't have um, any football in it, so I guess that makes it a better or worse scarecrow episode, depending on how you feel about you know leather helmet football. Um, I would say the football might have been one of the best
0: parts of that episode. <laughs> like the, the most memorable thing about it was the fight on the
1: catwalk, where an announcer is calling the football game and their fight at the same time. Yeah. Right? Uh, so. That said, yeah, I think, like, it's really funny because when we were talking um, last week after doing uh, Mad as a Hatter, right, it's like, oh, it's weird to have two, like, mind control episodes stacked on top of each other like this.
0: Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly if what it's, what's going on, if it was intentional or whatever. So for you at home, we're watching the, the in the Blu-ray order. Yeah. Which is not the, rec- the recording order or the airing order. Yes. It is just the Blu-ray order. We're doing it because Brandon had it. And uh, I think there was because we didn't want to start with gangclaw Oh boy, did we <laughs> uh so this is disc three of the Blu-ray, and there's like mm. a like a suite or like a trilogy or something of these episodes that all have the same dreamy, like mental state being questioned qualities to them, because the next one, I believe, is the other Mad Hatter episode, or that's coming up in another one or two.
1: Yeah. Um, This is also, uh, I've mentioned the AV Club reviews uh, before by um, Oliver Steva, and yeah, it's the same order uh, they watched this in, so it's, yeah, obviously it's very weird. My, I can't help but wonder, right, because I know um, Paul Dini pitched a Batman Sandman crossover episode. Uh-huh. And um for the for the two of you out there who might be asking, but which Sandman? Um, the like Neil Gaiman like dream, you know, dream. Um, not the what's his name? Wesley Wesley Shad? Not the golden age superhero. Yeah. Um point being is like I can't help but wonder if like it was some of like Sandman leaking into Hmm, maybe yeah maybe
0: Uh, but yeah uh, let's actually get into the episode we'll do our our summaries
1: cool let's uh, let's get this going in three two one mark Batman foils a
0: crime at a health spa where Scarecrow is running a test of a water contamination machine, and Batman is exposed to fear gas. Uh, Instead of getting help, he goes to Arkham looking for Scarecrow and uh, is forced to escape because the doctor won't let him out. Uh, Eventually, he foils them trying to poison all of Gotham's water supply.
1: Cool. 19.88. The secret is to stop reading my notes and just say what I remember about the episode. (laughs) Which, I mean, says something about, like, what rises to mind. Yeah. cool so doo-doo-doo. I'll add a couple little things in there so as Sam said uh, Batman finds out that this torchy is trying to poison this spa's water supply uh, he's like cool it's fear gas he drives to Arkham Asylum he sees Robin on the road he tries to get a um, an antidote for this fear toxin will take him out for two days nope only Batman can handle this punches the scarecrow hard
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, exactly 22 yeah um
1: so uh what i really appreciate just incidentally about robin showing up in that hallucination and that's what forces batman off the road um is that it is like yeah just after batman has said like no i can't be out of action for two days i hear that and i'm thinking okay but don't you have anyone else who can handle this can't you tell like gordon and robin no, in his heart of hearts, Batman can only imagine Robin as a victim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, I had the same feeling watching this. Um, mm. Like, a, a couple of things that I want to unpack about that Robin scene and some other scenes where he's refusing to actually take the the therapy that will that will cure him. Yeah, is not only does he refuse to take the therapy, but he doesn't tell anyone what's going on.
1: Yeah, it's kind of one of those—I mean, he does—it's sort of those two things together, right? Because he—and really, I think we can just sort of jump into the play-by-play, right? Because that's where the episode opens. Yes. Um, is uh, Dr. Bartholomew, um, who I imagine is probably uh, a reference to Bartho- Bartholomew Wolper, who is one of the um, shrinks in uh, Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Um, my guess um he and a couple uh orderlies are walking down a hallway to arkham asylum like oh isn't it a shame about our our newest inmate basically patient whatever they call i'm hope they say patient Patient. (laughs) um but let's be real um and yeah they open the door and there's batman in his whole ass costume (laughs) uh, in a straight jacket yep um and I imagine that seeing that as a child would have upset me tremendously.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a really striking image, and it's also the image from the title card, mm-hmm. and it's the kind of image that would make a great comic book cover too. Yeah, because it's like, oh my God, Batman is in Arkham in a straitjacket. How did that happen? <laughs> How is he going to get
1: out? And, of course, as adults watching it, your next thought is, oh, no, actually, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it finally happened. <laughs> yep. Um Nothing needs to have changed other than this time they caught him. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, and Batman basically starts barking at the doctor, like, hey, you have to let me out. The Scarecrow's trying to poison the water supply. And they're like, sure, buddy. Yeah. Which... Okay. Yes, he was raving when they
0: admitted him, but given that Scarecrow routinely tries to poison Gotham's water supply, mm-hmm. you they could take it a little more seriously. A scotch, right?
1: Right. That's that's the thing that was like again in in a world where there's a guy who. Uh, has a ventriloquist dummy that has a a miniature tommy gun that works and he uses it to (laughs) rob banks (laughs) like how can how can this and what i love is here's this literal cartoon character who hears this plan to again fear up the the city water supply and he says that's preposterous and yet that is the that is the plot of batman begins It's like, it's... The first realistic Batman movie. Also, it's the ninth
0: time so far in the series that something like that has happened. Yes! It happens all the fucking time.
1: Yeah, um, I guess, and we should not be, we should not be surprised that, uh, the folks at Arkham are incompetent. Right. Maybe it's just the depths of that incompetence? Well, spoilers, because at the end of all this,
0: we're going to be talking about Arkham in Mm -hmm. a lot more detail, and we'll dig into that. Yeah.
1: Uh, that said, uh, we do have in what I think is you know pretty rare in this series in general, and maybe the only time it happens at all. Um, Batman has a has a narration. He has a voiceover. Yes. And
0: although generally I think voiceovers don't work in shows like this, mm-hmm. Conroy's
1: voiceover is very good. Well, and it. And it, it's not doing anything. To it's not giving you the story. Right. Right. I think that's the thing. Is it? It is inviting you into like the structure of it, um, of like why we pop back and forth in time. It feels like it feels sort of like someone playing around with like, you know, they read enough like Dashiell Hammett and Raymond uh, Chandler to evoke that same sensibility. Right. Like they could have had like a card of that said like thirteen hours earlier. Right.
0: Um, but like the voiceover itself, like it not only is a story construction, mm. but it also gives you insight into Batman's like state of mind. Right, uh, and uh, I don't know, like his
1: like his voice just sounds great. Yeah. He, yes, and I love that he even has to like have a little. He says something like, "You know, and there was something in the water." Even in his internal narration, he has to, has to be clever. <laughs> Good one, Batman. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's it. Batman's like, there's no time for, for me or for Gotham. And we pop back in time to um, Torchy poisoning uh, the drinking water at this, at this hoity-toity spa.
0: Right, and, like, stens- so Batman
1: got word
0: that there was a robbery going on, so he mm-hmm. showed up to foil it. Yep. But not only is it not a robbery, but it is specifically a setup for Batman. Yes. This is actually, we find out, a trap. So Batman will come in, try to foil it, and get exposed to the fear gas and be out of commission when the real crime
1: happens. Yep. And uh, so he gets in a fight with Torchy, um, in a boiler room, so you can guess what happens, although, obviously, you're... I mean, you're watching the episodes anyway. Um, but I just want to p- call this out. Uh, beep, 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 beep! Batman's body count. Um, so he, like, uses, what, is it a battering to open uh, a steam pipe? Yeah. And Torchy just gets a face full of, <laughs> of steam, which he obviously breathes in. He then takes a major blow to the head, And the scene does end with Batman checking for a pulse. Guess what, Batman? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's just no way he isn't, like, best-case scenario, his face is now mostly third-degree burns. Yeah. In cartoons, steam doesn't really burn you, though. It distracts you. (laughs) Which is funny, because, like, in even later Batman games set in Arkham Asylum um steam hurts you you need need a freeze grenade for, to get past that so yeah but it only hurts him like you said it only hurts him and it doesn't even like scar or anything right. so whatever
0: yeah well they weren't wasting the animation budget on doing two character models for torchy they already did two uh, arm tools that's so i think we should point sure. out that torchy is a just a normal man uh, who, I mean, he's a big guy, but he's a normal man, yeah. and he has, one of his fists has been replaced with a multi-tool that, as far as we can tell, can be a torture drill. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why didn't they call him Drilly? Because he's a torture first. <laughs> and he's, like, welding stuff together in oh. this spa, and like, connecting the this mini water poisoner to it, and you know, Batman villain shit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Batman does lay him out. Um, there's a, a massive explosion of this, like, crimson red fear gas yeah. that infects Torchy badly, and Batman not quite as badly.
1: Not not quite. Although, Batman does then go to the hospital to try to figure out what's up, and this doctor walks in, and he's like, hey, can, can, I want you to take a look at my blood. Now, did you did he know the doctor was like on her rounds and going to come in the room or did she just come in and he was like you know while you're here i think the second one i think he i think he was going to do it all himself yeah um,
0: although he actually no he failed to check on himself before yes so maybe he just didn't have the stuff he needed in the back cave and he was coming to to borrow the equipment and then this that's maybe. a strong word for steal yeah um but yeah there was a, a kind of a nice scene that sets up B- batman's hallucinations mm-hmm. because he's in the Batcave cave and he's trying to analyze the right. gas and he looks up and he sees the reflection in the back computer screen of the joker walking up behind him yeah and he spins around and he almost like knocks out alfred because yeah. it was actually alfred
1: right um which if he had done the show would we'd, we'd be over there's no coming back from that <laughs> um, I love that because this isn't even the first time that Batman's had hallucinations and seen the Joker I love the idea that like sure it's the murder of his parents that put him down this path of you know righteous vengeance but boy he's real scared of that clown man yeah well that's something that
0: I wanted to talk about but I think now is a fine time to talk yeah. about it um, I was going to talk about it later when he had his more full on hallucination because this is when this thought pattern kind of occurred to me right but he is having, like, these hallucinations that are supposed to be his fears. Yes. Right? And he ends up seeing, like, half of his rogues gallery during this. Mm. But he sees the Joker more. He sees the Joker first, and he sees the Joker when he's transitioning into his worst
1: one, I think. Yeah, yeah. He looks down at this rat, and he, he... Batman gasps. And then the rat... Tra- then the rat transforms into the Joker, and it looks so good. <laughs> it does look really good, because like the rat
0: has like has kind of a jokery face, yep. and then he becomes like full blown tra- transformed into the Joker. Yeah, and I guess that got me thinking. Like, uh, I guess it could be just because the Joker is the most famous Batman villain, so they mm. wanted to use him more. But the way that he's used in this makes me think. Okay, well, what is actually really scary to Batman? And I think the Joker is probably the scariest villain to him because he poses the most actual public threat. Yeah. Right? Like, he is going to he's coming out, and, like, he's going to hurt people. Like, even though he's not really a physical threat to Batman, mm. like, he's scary in that he's, like, a danger.
1: Well, and also, like, Batman, I mean, all his skills are based on being a detective and karate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and while well, you're right, the karate will deal with the Joker. Um, like, part of being a detective, right, is motive, right? Everyone else, you know, Freeze, Ivy, right? Even Two-Face, you can sort of, you know, tally, tally things up and be like, oh, okay, this is why they've been doing what they have so far. So here's probably what they will do, right? Joker is... I don't know, less of a plot driven criminal and more of a theme-driven criminal. Yeah. He's just here for vibes.
0: <laughs> like he is a chaotic danger that could right. strike at any time. He's like a meteor, right? right? It's something like you think about it and you're like, oh gosh, like, imagine.
1: <laughs> oh well, like nothing I can do about it. Right. I mean that that very line does show up in Killing Joke, right? Um, I think it's it's either Jem or Barbara who thinks, like, yeah, he escapes, and you just hope he does something not too bad this time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that's the thing. is like Batman's whole thing is, you know, figuring people out. And fundamentally, the Joker's outable. Yep. And that would, yeah, that would be the thing. <laughs> uh, so,
0: anyway. Anyway. we He does go to the hospital. Mm. Uh, this doctor who is later ID'd as Doctor Wu, but not in the scene. Uh, yeah. Uh is willing to help Batman. She figures out what's wrong with him. Um, she diagnoses him, and she has an antidote that
1: will cure him in one shot. So So does that ever make you wonder like if in this world there are other people who just, like, dress up as Batman and break into hospitals in the middle of the <laughs> night to get free health care. You know, that thought never occurred to me. It's just Batman pretty much... Like, everyone just assumes that this person in a bat costume who broke into their house or place of business or whatever is, in fact, the Batman. And he usually, like, gets what he wants in those scenarios. Because yeah. people are generally civic-minded. They want to help. But it could have been any, like, reasonably fit asshole. Sure. Right? I mean... You or I couldn't have
0: pulled it off. Right? I, like, you need to be a certain a certain build to put on a Batman costume and be, you know, clocked for Batman. I'm, uh... I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> All right. Brandon is very fit, but he does not have the physique of Batman. You need to be, like, a power lifter. That's... I mean, that's not
1: wrong. Yeah. I'm Nightwing. Um, <laughs> okay, yes. Um, yes, and, uh... Still. Anyway. <laughs> Powerlifters need, like, prescription-level painkillers sometimes. I need roids for, for crime-fighting reasons. <laughs> um, Cool. So the antidote will, for some reason, for some reason that Dr. Wu already knows that this will knock him out for two full days. Yep. But he'll wake up feeling fit
0: as a fiddle. So he does take the antidote. I forget if he disappears when she's looking over her shoulder or something. But he does take the antidote and leaves.
1: Yep. Uh, he, well, he he yeah, pockets the antidote and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He does. He right. He doesn't inject it. He right. just takes it. Yes.
0: Uh, and then we see him
1: driving around. More
0: voiceover. I I couldn't take the antidote because I can't be out of commission for two days. There's not enough
1: time. Right. Um. Right, because the, whatever the Joker... Jesus. Whatever the Scarecrow's doing, it's popping off now. Um, yep, he wants to figure out what exactly is going on. Scarecrow is supposed to be in Arkham Asylum, so he's driving out there. Of course, Gotham City has plenty of uh, cliffside roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, Batman sees Robin in the road, veers off, busts to the guardrail, uh, basically wakes up at the nearest hospital, which, guess what?
0: Right. <laughs> is... Yes. And he's being committed. And the only reason that uh, they don't unmask him is that Dr. Bartholomew says that his mask is symbolically linked to his psychoses and taking it off now could plunge him
1: into a catatonic state. Which, uh, sure, that's why every bad guy is still in their uniforms here, right? right? That's why Two-Face is allowed to keep his coin and Poison Ivy is allowed to keep her plants. And why, I don't know... Gunman Joe is allowed to have all those guns. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Like, uh-huh. what the hell?
0: Well, they say what you want about Arkham, but they have a method. They have a <laughs> method.
1: They have, it. in fact, it is tested and proven not to work. Right. So, but if you keep doing it, so
0: Bartholomew is talking to Batman and trying to reason with him. Mm-hmm. And something interesting comes up because he names with their real names all of the supervillains. Yes, and he name drops Jack Napier as the Joker.
1: Yeah, it's so like every every review I looked at for this episode showed up in my notes. It's so weird because there are other times where um, where Joker will show up like in Arkham, and his name is listed as unknown. Uh-huh. Right, and I love <laughs> I love a fast and loose continuity. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where, like, and as you know, like, Arthur Conan Doyle wasn't paying very close attention when he wrote the Holmes stories, right? And it's, I don't know, I think it's more fun that way. So, whatever. Sometimes Joker is Jack Napier from, from Tim Burton's Batman. Sometimes he's just some some dude in a purple suit. Whatever. Yep. <clears throat> but I thought it was a cool little, I guess you could call it an Easter egg. I don't, do you think like it was either an easter egg or a stab of continuity I, I would just call it an easter egg because otherwise it, it just opens up too many too many questions yeah
0: so what happens for the next couple of minutes? We already talked about mm-hmm. Batman is desperately trying to explain what's actually happening, yep. while Bartholomew
1: explains it all away, calls him crazy. No, no one can run a crime syndicate from out of Arkham. Right. <laughs> Which correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Scarecrow's all, was it Scarecrow who's already done that? No, he broke out. He broke out and okay. replaced himself with a dummy. Okay.
0: Which is even more baffling because Bartholomew is like, no one can break out of,
1: Artham, uh, out of Arkham. Right. So, basically wrong on both counts. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> again, is he new here? I don't know. <laughs> just so th-
0: Never seen him before, never see him again.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, some of the inmates probably just ate him and Batman was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I only have so much energy. <laughs> You have nothing else going on today, Master Bruce. Shut up, Alfred. I'm a master detective and a master at picking my battles. <laughs> something, something, Sun so. Um, So, yeah, eventually Batman just gets sick of this shit and he decides he's going to break out. So he does a jumping forward flip over the orderlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he bolts. He I love that they have him like duck into a closet to get out of the straitjacket. Well he does steal an emergency fire axe. That's true. Now, granted, he already again, as the A V Club pointed out, uh he was able to escape a straitjacket in um what when he when the Joker had him upside down He's in fine. a water tank. Yes, thank you. Um but don't worry about it. This time right. he needed an axe. Yep, yeah. yeah, he is a
0: master escape artist we've established this but can't get out of a simple straight but...
1: you know maybe they just make them better now maybe maybe like... they, f- they figured out the tricks um, but nothing accounted for a fire axe nope uh, so his cape was on underneath there
0: yeah they must have rolled it up into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's attached to the cowl right no, no, because well, there, there are times later oh, in the series right. where <laughs> he does take it off sometimes. But um, I think again, this is one of those things that boils down to whatever they need it to do for that episode. Because um, I again, I love when like it's the uh, Rachel Ghoul like scimitar sword fight on the sand dunes, and it's shirtless Batman, but he still has the mask on. Uh huh. Um, There he is just Huge Hairy chested Just (laughs) Bleeding in the sand God To be alive Um, But here he cut it open with an axe Yep Yep and then he tells the guy to take him to the basement, because again, Master Detective can't find the downstairs. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, they could have just cut to him going down there. I don't think we would have questioned that we found it. <laughs> no, we question a lot of things. That would have been fine. I, there's got to be a sign or something. Yeah. But don't worry, the uh, basement is basically just a fucking cavern. Yes. Uh, a cavern with, with a river running through it. Yes. An underground river. That's where they keep the Phantom of the Opera when he's when he's incarcerated there. Right. Batman has busted him several times. Always escapes from Arkham. Yep. Um, and, yeah, that's when uh, Batman sees the aforementioned rat. Yep. And, ooh, it's just, it is villains on parade. Do you want to break this one down a bit? Uh, I'll try. Yep. So, he sees Joker
0: first. Um... He is trying to avoid imaginary Joker,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then he sees the Penguin next. Yeah, who because it starts to like rain stalagmites, and Penguin puts up an umbrella
1: for himself, and Batman is running from stalagmites. Yes, and then Penguin's head inflates to the point of explosion, wah, 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 wah. and it's Two Face under there. Yep, who flips a coin and then uh, the coin becomes a buzzsaw that he throws at Batman uh-huh which kind of makes me wish the two-face threw buzzsaws kind of wish that was his thing <laughs> that would be pretty cool yep yeah. and then uh, Poison Ivy shows up yep and this is when Batman has had too much <laughs> the floor opens up Alfred and Robin are there, and they're like, it's time to come home, Master Bruce. Apparently, home is poison ivy's tentacles, vine tentacles, drag you into a crevasse. Yeah, so there's an interesting line in this bit yeah. that I wanted to kind of poke push on a little bit.
0: Um, Batman is saying no, no, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I forget if it's Robin or Alfred, but one of them says, it's too late. You've lived in darkness for too long. That That was Robin, yeah. The, yeah, Robin. And I'm, like, is that what what Batman's afraid of? Like, is that a legitimate fear of his? Uh,
1: I think let's, that, it just, enunciating is hard. So that brings up something that shows up in, of course, Grant Morrison's book, uh, Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth. So let's put a pin in that. All right. Um. But Alfred says it's time to come home, and it's like, oh, so part of his, like, great fear is that he won't get to be Batman anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Which I can get, because it's cool being Batman. It's cool being Batman.
0: (laughs) If he's not Batman, what is he doing? Doing deals for Wayne
1: Enterprises? (laughs) Going to the stock market? Making a business? Acquiring assets? Yeah, all that sounds much less interesting
0: than karate oh. fighting clowns. Yeah. Like, the only reason he stays Bruce Wayne is so we can, uh, you know, ID potentials uh, super scientists coming up through Wayne Enterprises. Right, and try to
1: treat them nicely, but it's the middle management that's the problem. Right.
0: Well, you know, you always got to go to the top. Batman right. needs to hire better middle managers. Yes.
1: Uh. Cool. So, Batman shakes that off.
0: Right. right. He does. Well... Is this the same hallucination, or later when uh, he sees his mom and dad? Because I want to call out how, like how
1: just how gruesome that is. I think it's all part of the same. Right, that's right, because he Cause falls he, into the crevasse and becomes Scarecrow's mouth in this really great, like, it just takes up the whole frame. Uh, Scarecrow's, like, I don't know, hay hair, whatever. Um, uh-huh. His burlap mask, with yeah. the hay hair. Yeah. <laughs> that feels very... The, the mouthfeel on hey hair is not good. I don't feel no. good about saying it. It doesn't even have, like, a sexual undertone that would make it uncomfortable. It just... Mm, okay. uh, uh, so, you at home, pause the podcast and say hey hair to yourself.
0: It does not feel good. Out
1: loud, if anyone else is there, explain nothing.
0: <laughs> say it into a mirror three times and then unpause the, pod, the podcast. <laughs> um.
1: So, yeah, he sees, he sees his parents um they walk they walk down into the alley um and this is when what it's it's the gun that shoots blood right <laughs>
0: yes so it's incredibly <laughs> fucked up they, they walk into like an underpass um like a little cave they're not a cave like almost like a train tunnel looking thing yeah. but with an arched top and then an earthquake shakes the bridge apart that the underpass is going into the underpass rises up becomes a full circle which is the barrel of a gun mm. with blood just pouring out of it uh and elsewhere there's fire so i think they were trying to make it pretend like that it was lava to get past standard practices oh
1: uh, that's that that's a good guess yeah uh, but it was unmistakably blood <laughs> pouring out of the barrel of this gun to, to be positive lava yes, yes. <laughs> um, um. And then, awesome. uh, you know, Batman's yelling, no, no. And then the, you
0: know, the chain, the, uh, it's a revolver. So, like, the, uh, chamber yep. is like turning and the hammer's being pulled back. And then it fires and, like, white light, like it's Akira or something, flies out and, like, evaporates Batman right before he mm. wakes up from this hallucination.
1: And that's why Gotham doesn't host the Olympics. What? That's the explosion in Akira. Oh, at the Olympia Stadium. Site? Yeah, yeah, yes. Sorry, I just like I just reread the manga, so that was at the forefront of my mind. I'd like to apologize for making two anime a reference. So yeah, he comes back to himself mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes it down to where Scarecrow is basically just pouring buckets of garbage in the water supply. Um, yeah, like the, the the rest of the episode is pretty by the numbers, except I do want to point out. um, so, Batman is, like, supposed to be scared of these three goons who, like, have, like, green faces. Yeah, they look, like, was, they look like stupid aliens or something. Yeah, so I love, um, firstly, Batman fights actual monsters, so no big deal there. Right. Uh, but the way he, like, beats them, I guess, is they have um, they have earpieces in, he gets on the horn, and whistles. I, mm, imagine you're Batman. Would you ever put those gloved those glove fingers in your mouth <laughs> like that those have touched so many narcotics um joker toxin fear gas you batman spends a lot of time in this i would never Mm so gross so gross well that's what makes batman batman that's it he'll do he'll do what it takes then i can't whistle so i can only really relate to this so much um, yeah,
0: I didn't even put together that they had earpieces in. I just thought that for some reason he knew that whistling into a
1: microphone would be too loud for them, but it didn't bother him at all. I, I, was, I thought it was a bit weird. I have to. That's why I have to. I'm reading into it. I'm choosing to believe they had earpieces in or something, because otherwise it's just too stupid. Maybe, except
0: <laughs> earlier, the foreman of them is like an- announcing the timetable and what they should be doing over a microphone and it's clearly echoing through a PA system.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to call him screwy. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that's true and like Batman like goes down to where I don't know the bomb is rigged, he sees a snake, whatever. Yeah, there's a giant countdown clock because that's what's there that's is. That's the most
0: efficient way to do this instead of just having you pull a switch and it happening.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny because like there's a giant countdown clock but then Scarecrow also has his pocket watch which has a pendulum on it that is the fucking grim reaper and it's so cool. Yes, it does kick ass. <laughs> One of many kick ass watches and clocks in this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um so far this is the coolest thing about Scarecrow is uh his watch which really puts the clocking in perspective, huh? <laughs>
0: Uh, But anyway, Batman manages to fight through the the dudes, fight through his fear, and uh, of course Joker, uh, sorry, Scarecrow gets backed up into a machine that goes off and he gets hit by his own gas again.
1: Yeah, I think that Scarecrow's uh, number one weakness is irony, Uh um, but like the laziest irony. (laughs) My petard! (laughs) Um, So yeah, they, they toss him in Arkham Asylum, and Bartholomew actually says... Oh, if they, like, keep an eye on him this time. I'm like, you should be taking this a little bit more seriously, my dude. Yes. Everyone involved should lose their jobs. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then, yeah, we cut to pretty much uh, Alfred administering the antidote to the fear toxin to Bruce, who is, you know, on a hospital bed in the Batcave because they couldn't do this in his bedroom. (laughs) I have to decide that like all the like monitoring equipment and everything was already in the Bat Cave. Uh-huh. It's it's a little too bleak for me, the idea that um that Bruce would be like, No, I actually feel safest in the Bat Cave. Well, it is his impenetrable uh I don't know, fortress of solitude. Yeah, his sanctum sanctorum. Yeah. I mean, I feel that, but also it's cold. <laughs> Down yeah. there yeah. I and mean, he has a blanket I get that but it's just anyway and it pulls out we get one of these lovely um, sort of bows that get tied on the episodes of the series where uh, a bat flies up and blocks the light and it like curls up to sleep and it's actually kind of like cute in a way
0: yeah and it casts a shadow onto Batman's little um, bed that he's in yeah built into like an alcove in the bat cave and we get a shadow of it a a very similar looking bat was actually at the end of his hallucination Mm -hmm. and it was unclear whether it was hallucinated or real until he snaps out of it and then he kind of like follows this bat into the next room which kind of like leads him out of his uh his kind of despair i
1: mean there's a lot lot of overlap between uh between Bruce Wayne and Bat-based hallucinations, mm-hmm. um, for instance, in Batman Year One, where he's just he's lost a lot of blood. <laughs> it's like, cool. What should I do? Bat sounds good to me. Yeah, <laughs> I won't think about this anymore once I've got more blood. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a uh, that was Dreams in Darkness. Yeah. So let's rank this. Mm-hmm. For me,
0: this is a good middling episode. Uh, It's definitely not as good as any of the tops. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say that it's probably, like, I don't know, uh, 12 or 13 out of 27, something like that. Yeah, I was going to say about, like, the midpoint a bit above that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, significantly better than the other Scarecrow episodes. Um, Like,
1: way better than the real stinkers that we've had. I mean, yeah. To your point earlier, I don't even remember what the was the football one the first?
0: No, that was the second. That one. That was
1: the second one. God, the
0: first one was the the very first character episode where Batman is getting shit talked by the university president. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's right. That one does have the very good like get out of the vault puzzle, but yeah. but yeah, but yeah, he's just so mean to poor Bruce. I know. <laughs> um. That's right, yeah, yeah. I want more of the mean professor. <laughs> I want... Sadly, I don't think he returns in the series. No, and he would be a much better... Um, he would be a much better, like, I don't know, guy to run Arkham Asylum than Bartholomew. Because he would just be shitty to people until he's like, do you want more of this? Then stop committing crimes. Is that not what they're already doing? I guess Bartholomew is kind of kid, kid glovesy. Well, He's doing that, that, like, bizarre, like... Um... Pseudo Jungian therapy uh, that is just not useful. Um, apparently,
0: is it, the way to cure you is to explain to you that what you're doing is symbolically
1: tied to something that you're afraid of. Yeah, and it's like, cool. I I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say that it's <clears throat> yeah definitely the best scarecrow episode so far. Um, but, you know I don't think it's so it's better than like clock king um but yeah it's not as not as good as you know uh 2 Face, pretty poison um yeah yeah uh and lest we forget
0: my top episode is the gray ghost where the gray ghost yes uh which we forgot a couple times uh because we're so enamored with 2 Face, pretty poison heart of ice uh but yeah like my top is Grey Ghost, and uh, nothing I've seen since it's been as good so far. Yeah. Uh, okay, so before we get to the interview section, mm. we have a listener question. Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, and it ties into the voice acting, which we've called out already in this episode, talking about Conroy. Uh,
1: but yeah, the what's the question? So, Janine Liberty from Twitter, someone that I happen to know, uh, says. I would love to know more about the development and direction of the voice performances. Uh, they're so specific. Did that come from Bruce Tim's vision, or did it happen organically from the actors being in the studio together? Hmm. Um, so I think the person who deserves the most credit is um, Andrea Romano. Yep, um, she was the voice director on this series. She's the one who, like, again, she sat down um, any like bit actor. Uh, you know, your random thugs or whatever And had them record specific Like getting hit sounds uh-huh. um, Mouth sounds Not not like punching them for Foley <laughs> um, And uh, Yeah, so That was, and usually they would just like Do a sound library, right? It's that bit from The Simpsons where like, I was the voice of the Roadrunner You said beep beep? No, I said Beep and they looped it <laughs> 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 They only had to pay me for one um, So It so, like, most of the credit goes to her, um, I would say. And she, like, had a long and illustrious career. She only retired, like... Like, 18 months ago, like, two years. Yeah, it, it wasn't even that long. I mean, and she was working through these several of the um, DC, like, sort of shouldn't say extraneous a lot of like the DC animated movies whether or not they were in this continuity yeah Um, like the PG-13 movies that have been coming out for the last like 12 years yeah Justice League Gods and Monsters which I just want to say is pretty good and on HBO Max yep Uh, Red Hood yep uh, that was really really good Uh, probably the best one they've done yeah
0: But yeah, those are pretty much all on HBO Max, if you have that. And if you don't, seek them out. They're they're mostly pretty good. Um, She did all of Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Mm -hmm. She did Young Justice. Like, basically anything DC animated, she's been the voice director on. I think her last major thing was Voltron.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which was also good. Right. So... Yeah, it's a lot of her doing the voice direction, I would I watched uh, Superman say with commentary, and she talks about how like voice actors, if they're told to like make a kiss sound, will just sort of kiss the air, and she's like, no, kiss your hand. It sounds entirely different. Uh-huh. Um, so just little tricks like that. Um, top three voice acting tricks: act, <laughs> kiss your hand, eat fried chicken. Um, so. Uh... Janine brought up in her question the
0: fact that they were all together in the recording mm. studio, which was uncommon. Yeah. Uh, I think with a few exceptions, most cartoons are shot with everybody recording individually. Uh, I think a lot of Pixar movies, they bring everyone together. Now they do. Um, it wasn't like
1: that with, like, the f- at least the first Toy Story.
0: No. Uh, and I think, like, the, the bigger star you are, the less likely you are to be with everybody at the same time because they have to work around your schedule. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure Monsters, Inc. had everyone together, Mm. Uh, and, like, there's a couple 80s cartoons, like Thundercats and, like, Ninja Turtles, where, like, they brought everyone together just for the fun of it, I think.
1: (laughs) I mean, really, they they knew what they were making. Yeah. Um, There's no reason, like, not to get high into your lines together. Right. Um, Yeah.
0: But, yeah, I mean, who can say if, like, what the effect of that is, right? Like, you can't measure
1: it. Right. Um, but the voice acting in Batman the anime series is great. I think it's one of those things where it's like you can work around these things through like really good editing and working with very good actors. But it's like, even if an actor is very good, and the actors on here are anyway, right? But thinking about Tom Hanks on Toy Story, right? Like, he's excellent, but it is still less effort to have him do like multiple takes in a bunch of different styles and then chop together a performance that makes more sense mm-hmm. um, than it is to like run through something with everyone there. Yes. Um, so, but like being able to act off someone is so good. Um, that said, I think that uh, a lot of it had to do with the actual like performances of them being in the room. like. Mark Hamill is so tremendously physical in his acting a lot of the time. And you wouldn't know it from watching Star Wars, right? Um, because George Lucas doesn't really know how to, like, stage a scene. Uh-huh. Um, bless his heart. Uh, but if you watch him when he's on The Flash, I mean, I've mentioned that before. And that that actually makes a really big difference in the studio, right? Is he's a theatrically trained actor. Um, and, you know, Kevin Conroy is, is as well. Um so like being able to go into the space, and because you're not being photographed, you can do more with your body, and that shows up in the voice as well. Mm-hmm. right? It's like when you work at your crappy job, and they tell you to smile when you're on the phone because people can hear it. And I'm like, ah, that means the inverse is true. Uh, <laughs> and that's uh, why I've been fired from many, many such positions.
0: <laughs> so talking about Hamill's Joker... Uh, I forget if we've mentioned this on the show before, but he was not the Joker originally. He Mm. was not the originally cast Joker. That was Tim Curry. Mm -hmm. And for reasons that no one has ever explained, Tim Curry left that role Mm. after he'd already recorded four or five episodes as the Joker. Yeah. And Hamill came in to replace, which means he was trying to overdub on... um, on already shot footage, already animated footage mm-hmm. over somebody else's voice that was animated to, to Tim Curry's performance, right? The Joker, which I think we mentioned when we were doing Christmas with the Joker, uh, Last Laugh, and um, maybe one or two others, mm-hmm. that like the Joker performance didn't feel fully baked like right. it was at the end. Obviously, Hamill still was good uh, and had like brilliant moments in that, but there's like a clear quality difference between that and
1: say uh, Joker's favor yeah which is just like incredible yes oh my god yes um yeah all that said I think that um part of it with ch- ch- Hamill there nope that's it <laughs> all right,
0: we'll, we'll cut that a little
1: bit <laughs> thanks um, um,
0: okay Yeah. pause for editing Okay, so I think it's time to move on to our interview section. Sounds great. I have a few questions about Arkham Asylum. Cool. Hopefully we'll get into it, because it sounds like you have, uh, you're have you loaded for bear in terms of your Arkham uh, factoids. Oh my god. So, uh, but before we jump into all the good bits, let's just establish some basics. Mm-hmm. Um, when was Arkham Asylum first introduced into Batman comics?
1: I mean... It's funny, because I think for us, it feels very fundamental. Um, It didn't show up until the 70s. Wow. Yeah. Um, To be fair, if you ask most people, like, or realistically in America, um, mental health as a concept didn't exist until the 70s, Uh so sure. I mean, asylums did. (laughs) That's true. Um, Back when, you know, women could just be thrown into an asylum for being, I don't know, not nice, yeah. Like uh, twenty years ago.
0: I mean, I feel like Arkham more, more evoked that than yeah. the modern conception of of mental health.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so it first shows up in the seventies uh, in uh, comics by uh, by Dennis O'Neill and Irv Novik uh, was the penciler on that. <clears throat> um, so no big surprise there. Right, like if you've been listening to this podcast, you know uh, Denny O'Neill. A lot of it got sort of built out. One of those things where like the idea shows up then, uh, but it isn't until the 80s when uh, Len Wine starts like building it out some. Um, If you. Is that showing up on the waveform? Yeah, it is. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, So, yeah, the the concept of Arkham Asylum got built out by Len Wein, and if you're like, oh, that name seems familiar, um, that's because at DC, his, like, probably his best-known work there is co-creating Swamp Thing, right? Which is really a horror book, right? So it makes sense why he would, like, be, you know, enamored with uh, an insane asylum named after H.P. Lovecraft shit. Yeah, so... Uh, that's where the name comes from, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, Arkham is a, what, a town? In, Ma- yeah, a fictional town in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which, I don't know, going around Massachusetts, it's like, seems like, uh, Howard might have toned down reality for his, uh-huh. for his story some. Um, so if it was really Messages, it would be like Arkham Chester. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be Arkham... Arkhamster? I don't know. Yeah. It couldn't actually be pronounced Chester, is my point. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Also, just incidentally, as I was poking around and getting ready for this uh you might also if you are more from the marvel end of things you might recognize len wine for being one of the co-creators of wolverine storm nightcrawler and colossus wow yeah (laughs) so really one of the people who like hungered down on um on like all new x-men before uh i can't remember his name now so claremont thank you chris claremont so he was uh, he was the writer on X Men right before Claremont took over. Yeah, yeah. And he was, or like they were writing concurrently. I mean, it was giant size X Men, so there was a lot of work happening around there. But yeah, so he was in that mm-hmm. in that vein.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, uh, Wolverine and Arkham Asylum, same guy. Nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so going back to those original stories, mm-hmm. and maybe like tracing. The arc of Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. Was it always supposed to be this place of incompetence and corruption? Or is that something that was introduced in the 90s?
1: I mean I mean basically, yeah. Like to say that it's a place of incompetence and corruption, I mean I think too it depends like where it shows up, right? Because there are some times where it's just like yeah, these are normal people who are working with sometimes supernatural beings. What are you gonna do? Uh, Uh, um, and I guess whatever it is with, um, wherever Gotham is supposed to be, Jersey, um, Illinois, (laughs) two, you know, I mean two states run by the mafia, um, like there's no sort of spending on infrastructure, (laughs) right? It's not like Metropolis, where they have an actual part of the police department called the Science Police, um, where they have superpowered shit to deal with superpowered criminals. I feel like Bruce Wayne should take more of a
0: hand in helping improve how these criminals are being held.
1: Uh, I agree. Um, like, they're held in this shitty building built
0: over a crevasse. The place looks like it hasn't been updated since, like, 1890.
1: Yeah. Um I mean if it makes you feel any better, it shouldn't, but if it does, uh that's where the um where the Bat Cave North was located. Like Batman built a cave under Under Arkham? On, under the asylum, yeah. And no one no one realized this? <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean we did just say how profoundly unobservant these these shrinks are, so... Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what I'm getting at, right? Like, Bartholomew is totally incompetent yep. in how he handles Batman. Yes. Right? He's totally incompetent in how he's been handling all of these others. We get right. the sense that he's not doing anything to actually help their their mental health. Yes. He's lost the Scarecrow. Yeah. The Scarecrow also escaped earlier in another right. episode. It's basically a joke that Joker can escape at will. Yes. And then, in, like, more modern things, um, like the uh, Batman Telltale when mm-hmm. Bruce ends up in Arkham again um, the sense is that the place is completely out of control and that the Joker is running it from in- inside of it yeah right so like the inmates are running it it's a place of like depravity like in the Arkham Asylum video games although I haven't played them like it's basically Bedlam in there
1: Uh, I mean, pretty much. I think that that's the thing is moving up to that first game. It seems like things are pretty together. Uh, But yeah, then everything pops off. Um, And the game makes like sort of an allusion to the fact that um, Blackgate had like, I don't know, like a water main burst or some shit. Um, So it's a bunch of like conventional criminals in there Uh too. Um, But yeah, like... Killer Croc is a literal monster in that game and there you go. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah and like and like you mentioned the corruption I feel like is more of the case in most of the um most of the comics it ultimately what it boils down to right which is the least satisfying answer is like Arkham Asylum has to have a, of has to have a revolving door otherwise we don't get another Riddler story right. So you're saying
0: that the corruption and incompetence isn't there for social commentary, it's there for plot reasons, because without it, there's no viable excuse for all these villains to keep recurring.
1: It's one of those things where it's whatever the writer needs it to be. Uh-huh. So there are, you know, CEOs like Frank Boyle, right, who, and again, Arkham Asylum is a mental hospital where... Uh, the guards carry semi-automatic weapons, sometimes automatic, um, <laughs> which is just so uh, preposterous. Um, but point being is like so there are times where it's like Boyle and he's drunk on the job, but it doesn't matter because he's willing to hit people and that gets them in line. right? Um, and then there are other times where like, yeah, they're all idiots. Um, because that's what the story needs, right? Whatever, like today. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I just remembered one other detail about Arkham Asylum in Batman Telltale, which is uh, spoilers: uh, Thomas Wayne was paying people off to institutionalize them if they were a threat to him or if they owned something that he wanted. Yeah, and the
1: the whatever uh, warden of Arkham was like basically his henchmen how much you want to bet that that exact or very similar beat shows up in matt reeves the batman this summer i mean that would be kind of cool
0: i hope it does yeah okay future Sam cutting in here. Uh, I don't do this very often, but I thought I'd like to point out that as you might have gathered, we record these uh, in batches well in advance, and they have no relationship to linear chronological time whatsoever. So as you're listening to this now, you probably have already seen Matt Reeves' The Batman, uh, and uh, it didn't come out in the summer. It came out in March or something. Uh, But Either way, I saw it. Uh, we both saw it. It was really good. And spoilers, you can skip ahead of this part if you haven't seen the Batman yet. Uh, the plot that Brandon refers to is basically right. Uh, we, uh, we nailed it. Uh, they don't send people to Arkham. However, uh, there is a whole thing with uh, the Wayne's being corrupt and so on and so forth. So you heard it here first in the future. All right, back to the podcast. I saw the next trailer for it yeah. when I went to see something the other day. Belle. Uh, yeah, when I went to see Belle. Yeah. So good, uh, everyone. And the second trailer for Batman was on, which I dug a lot more than the first trailer. So I'm now on board. I mean, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm enthusiastically going to see the Batman. Whether it's good or not uh, remains to be seen.
1: Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, that's, again, one of those things of, like, making Thomas Wayne the bad guy, actually... And sort of weaving Arkham into this structure, where you look at it, and it's like okay, it actually makes a lot of sense why Batman would exist, um, because if that's what our like conventional and established systems are doing, ooh, not a lot of there's not no hope of working inside the system. Right. No parallels to today. None. Not whatsoever. Uh,
0: so we've been talking a lot about how Arkham has been used in different plots, mm-hmm. um, but. Let's just have some time where we can just say, uh, how, what other creative and interesting ways, other than a, a repository for locking up, uh, supervillains who then escape again, uh, what other interesting ways has Arkham been used?
1: So, you made the uh, you questioned earlier about like what is it that Batman's afraid of, and there's this bit in uh, A Serious House on Serious Earth where, um, where Batman says to Gordon like what he's afraid of like the reason he's afraid of going into the asylum is that he's afraid it will feel like coming home um which is like the kind of dialogue that a beginning writer would do right mm-hmm. is it's so on the nose and it's so sincere uh but I don't know I dig it in that in that setting um and if you haven't uh read the book like it was one of the first comics that like, had really good mainstream success, made a lot of money, uh, part, largely because it was the new prestige format that DC was doing. Um, it released right around the time that Batman 89 did. Um, so like, it was sort of just this perfect uh, conflagration for the success of the book. Um, Morrison's process in writing it, so they were straight edge at the time, um, so they just didn't sleep. Okay. Just the whole time they were working on the script, they just didn't sleep. Um, so that book is supposed to be um, what what Bruce Wayne dreams. Mm-hmm. Like that book is supposed to be him having a nightmare. Uh-huh. Um, a regular old nightmare or a uh, Mad Hatter or Scarecrow nightmare. Just your just your run of the mill, regular, regular nightmare. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's why. Uh, why Maxie Zeus shows up and is kind of scary, because it takes the imagination of someone as creative and detecting as the Batman to imagine that guy being a legitimate threat. <laughs> um, anywho, um, so, yeah, it's, um, and of course then after that book made Scads of Cash, uh, Morrison was like, cool, well, I'm gonna start doing drugs. Um, it's worked out pretty well for them so far, have to say. Yeah. Sure. Um, So is that
0: what you wanted to talk about before in the episode when I was mentioning the quote
1: about Mm -hmm. uh, Batman fearing that he lived in darkness too long? Right. That's the thing. It's like that maybe he belongs there. Uh Uh-huh. Which, again, is a very cynical view of, like, what an asylum is supposed to be, right? Um, You know, like, his asylum is, in fact, the Batcave, right? It's where he goes to recuperate to an extent. Um, but yeah if you haven't read Serious House on Serious Earth um, do just know that if you're not a big horror fan um, I've read it you know, several times over the years and it, there was one time I read it before bed and that was a mistake
0: are there any comics where Batman goes to a therapist deliberately about his actual issues
1: <sighs> I don't think so
0: man he, he has Lucius he should yeah. have the Lucius equivalent of a therapist. Like, a therapist I mean, that he actually trusts to be part of the Bat team.
1: I mean, I imagine Leslie is the closest, like, being a doctor. Yeah. Like, PCPs can do some of that work. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that sort of demands, like, when you have people writing, like, a grimmer and grittier Batman, they're like, no, he's afraid that he would, like, lose his edge or whatever. Um... I kind of prefer the idea. And granted, like, I've gone on record as saying I would want to write Batman as, like, actually a good dude who puts on this character of the scariest man on Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, that he's actually fine. Like, he doesn't... Like, that he works through most of it, or that he would see a therapist. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I imagine it would have to be someone like... um, And again, he's a medical doctor. But Dr. Midnight on the Justice Society, someone who he can say, like... Yeah, I'm Bruce Wayne. Um, they might touch on that specifically in uh, Tom King's series "Heroes in Crisis," mm. uh, but I started reading it and wasn't good, so I don't have that answer for you. Yeah,
0: in Two Face mm. Part One, um, Harvey Dent is seeing a therapist, yes. and Batman is like, "You should see a therapist." And mm. He's like, "I am," mm.
1: and he seems, uh, <laughs> which is always the always the exchange you want with your friends, right? It's like, you should see a therapist. I am. Oh, really? And still, still this? Okay. I think it's more like, well, good.
0: Let me know if you need any help or something like that. Yeah. Uh, A little less judgy than than that. (laughs) But, yeah. Um, And I think, like, thinking about Batman-therapist connections, Mm. I think... Harvey dance therapist in that episode is probably on, the only doctor therapist that actually seems competent and like mm-hmm. doing a good job. Yeah. Even though she's doing hypnotherapy.
1: Yeah, but again, this is a reality where maybe that works. Yeah. Right. Uh so cool. Uh thanks for sticking with us during all this.
0: <laughs> um I'm going to look up the next is the next episode um
1: what dreams what is it? Um, We're watching uh, Robin Williams' "What Dreams May Come." Yes, uh, but because half of all Batman episode titles are like Shakespeare quotes, that's that's how comic book writers tried to get like legitimacy. Yep.
0: So this is "Dreams in Darkness." The next one is oh no, so it's "Not for Chance to Dream." Mm. Uh, see, another Dream B.S. Chase quote. That's coming up later. The next episode is actually Eternal Youth, which is one that I don't remember anything about.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this will be our second spa episode in nice. a row. Oh, it's <laughs> the spa trilogy. Or, as the rest of the country calls it, the spa trilogy here in Massachusetts, though. The spa trilogy? Look, I just wanted to make another joke about how People say things in Massachusetts. Uh, I thought you were making
0: so, a joke about convenience stores in Europe.
1: <laughs> it's a wicked spa, kid. <laughs> All right. Well, for that, for, th- for that, you've stopped listening. Yeah.
0: Just join us. <laughs> we're going to be at the same battering time, the same battering channel. Hopefully, some of you will be too.